Do you have one or many habit changes that you consider working on or feel like you've been fighting for what feels like eternity? Do you believe the concept that it takes 21 days to change a habit or have you lived through it enough to realize that habit change is ongoing and there's no magic number of days, weeks, or months to fight through the change? I believe through studies and personal work experience that there is a science to changing a habit. And if you would like to dive into sound advice, tips, and tricks to achieving habit change success, stay tuned. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author, I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction, Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. Welcome to episode 58, my top five focus points when changing a habit. Before we dive into our topic today, I had to share something really fun with you. You know how my family just moved to Arkansas. And if you caught this episode, I was telling you that we had promised the kids that we'd get a dog. Well, the day has come, my friends, and tomorrow. Well, I will have gotten the dog. By the time you listen to this on Friday, the dog will have arrived. (laughs) So wish us luck. I'm beyond excited, but I'm also freaking out a little bit. My experience with dogs has always been under the comfort of my parents' roof, and it was always their true responsibility. I mean, I thought I was helping at the time, but Now it's my turn to step up to the plate, and uh, here we go, right? (laughs) We decided to name her Razy in honor of being in a town of Razorback fans, and all I can keep picture myself saying is, oh, crazy Razy. (laughs) So we'll see. I will take any and all advice that you are willing to share and let the new chapter of life begin. Cheers, right? So back to point here, let's focus on changing a habit. This was kind of weighing on my brain this week. I talked about it in the Facebook Live this Monday. I was looking back through episodes because I was like, have I really hit this hard yet in a podcast? And I don't think I really have. Episode 20, we talked about 20 small changes that can help change a habit or create a new habit. And I know I've hit like the habit loop in different Facebook live talks, but we haven't really gone into habit change over the podcast. So today's our day, friends. Let's do this. I realize that there's a whole heck of a lot of books out there designated to habit change. But for today, I just want to break down habit change into realistic steps that I hold to be true after either my own living and learning experiences for myself or through my career over the last 14 years. You know, it's kind of like being in a school setting and hearing it and saying, yeah, that sounds right and awesome. And then you go out to experience it in the real world and all of a sudden it doesn't quite flow the way that it did when you were in front of a book reading about it. 
And that's how I feel about habits too. I always love reading articles or books on it. And then I'm like, I feel like I can get it, but I still can't go home and like implement right away. And so it's really motivating and helpful when you hear real life stories, how other people are doing it, what's worked for them or like expectations. I really, I said this in the intro about, have you ever heard like the whole theory of it takes 21 days to change a habit or two weeks to change a habit? I have never experienced in my entire career a client who has hit a magical day or number and all of a sudden they're great. You know, like they've never struggled with that old habit ever again and moved forward. It doesn't really work like that. It really is more of a, there's tools to help change the habit and then to keep that habit in good momentum. And then there's always the fall off. It's just inevitable. But the goal is that the fall off happens and we have the right tools to just jump right back on and not see it as the end all be all. Instead, we see it as an opportunity to learn and grow and reframe our thinking and move forward. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. I have five focus points for you uh, when changing a habit. And again, they're all just real life experiences and even through podcast interviews, what I've learned and just seeing it in real action. So number one, make the hard habits hard and make the health habits easy, the healthier habits easy. What, what does that even mean? Make the habits that you continue to come back to look visually unappealing or even taint the satisfaction that you think that you're receiving from them by reminding yourself all of the negatives that also come from that habit. So let me give you a few real life examples with this. Okay, one of my examples, shocking, I know, I'm going to talk about my evening glass of wine. I feel like I always do. But when I'm pouring a glass of wine while cooking dinner, and I think that it's providing this, I, the feelings of making the night special, of it being relaxing. It's a transitional change from the crazy day into what I feel like needs to now be the relaxing evening. So if I'm trying to taint my current thinking on all those positives that I just threw out, I could instead list out all the negatives, like wine in the evening adds up in cost. It's extra calories. It makes me sleepy. That's like a huge negative for me. If I'm really being honest with myself, I get this like initial, "Mm, I love it. And then all of a sudden I'm sleepy and I want to hit the couch, which I don't like that feeling. My evening isn't always transitioning into that relaxing time at that specific like cooking time. For instance, this all depends on the kids, right? Do they still need help with homework? Do they want me to go shoot hoops out on the driveway because we still have a little bit of daylight? Whatever. And the fact of the matter is, is that when you're trying to kick into relaxation mode, but it's not the right time of day to do it, that people still need you. I feel like it's extra frustrating when I'm thinking it should be relaxing versus just staying in a mode of, it's just not time to shut down yet. Like maybe as I get closer to bedtime that that opportunity opens up more. I'm trying to like find it in a time that's a little unrealistic for this season of life. I know that as seasons change and life changes that that can look different. Um, A retired person might have different perspective around that than where I am at my phase of life. Again, all of that, when I think of the negatives around it, it really helps diminish the like want of it because then the next time I walk up to that 
that moment in time of cooking dinner and I think through like, I don't want to be extra sleepy tonight. I still have a lot to do tonight, blah, 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 that all of a sudden I've tainted that like woohoo perception of it. And now I also can see some negatives behind it. An example of making the healthy habits easy, kind of the opposites of the hard habits hard, would be having those healthy options really visible or your healthy actions visible. The fruit and vegetables are always a good example here, like setting them out on the counter or having them cut up and ready to grab out of the fridge. And kids can be a fabulous example when it comes to this because there's no like premeditated thought process within their actions. Have you ever taken the time to slice up a bunch of fruits or vegetables and then all of a sudden it's your kids that are grabbing them and all of your hard-earned efforts have gone right out the window because now you've gone to grab and they're gone? And it's because it was made visual and easy for the kids and therefore they grabbed it. Awesome, right? So your hard-earned efforts are not really gone there just it wasn't for you that time but I think it's cool to witness that to kind of stand back and go okay my child's doing that they're not thinking about it that way but they're doing it because a healthy habit was made visible and easy and that's how we really need to think about it for ourselves too is that when we want something to happen we need to make it feel easy It's kind of like the old example that like a bag of grapes can sit untouched in the fridge for weeks until they rot. And if you have them pre-baggied and ready to go, they last less than two days, right? And then transfer that thinking into other fitness and nutrition needs. I keep water everywhere. I keep water at my bedstand, in my car, my office, because if it's there, I just drink it. If I have to break momentum to go get the water, then I don't do it. It's like as dumb and as easy as that, but it's real. Little tricks of the trade like that are huge. I also always have a glass of water prior to drinking my morning coffee. I love my coffee. So once I start having a coffee, it's harder for me to transition over to water. So the water is my first go-to. And I always notice once I have that first glass of water and it's easier to keep going back to the water. So just a little rule I've created for myself that seems to work really easy. And and it's like a day-to-day attainable action that I can do. So just things like that, Um, fitness opportunities, trying to make those easier. It might look like making sure like the right attire is in your car, like gym shoes already being in your car in case you're passing your fitness center or wearing a sports bra to work if that's the difference between going or not or wearing workout clothes to bed so that you can just hit the floor and tie up your running shoes in the morning. My ideas will, they'll look different than yours and that's okay. But the point is, what are those dumb little barriers that if you found a new plan, it could make your life a little easier to make some of those healthy habits easier? Okay, so that was number one. Number two, practice. Just like anything else in life, you have to practice if you expect to improve. We tell our kids that all the time, right? They get so frustrated that they went out on the basketball court or the tennis court or whatever, and they're they're not the best ones out there. And you're like, uh, have you practiced lately? <laughs> like, you don't get to just show up and be awesome at something. You have to practice. And it's really easy to shout that at somebody else and then like forget that we need to do it. You can change a habit once 
And then for whatever reason, we expect it to stick. And it's it's no way, Jose. If, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again. My other thing's always just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And then transfer that to just keep practicing, just keep practicing. You are already fighting an uphill battle when we are trying to change habits. I was once given the visual of how habits are like well-worn paths or even deep ruts. You can kind of picture a wagon wheel, the ruts that one of those wagon wheels would create. And that they are they are very deep and every time you roll over it you just deepen that rut more and that's like our habits we strengthen the habit every time we perform the habit so that can be discouraging to hear that when we think about how long maybe we've been doing a habit it feels like oh can we ever break out of that rut but it's also encouraging when we think that we can carve out new ruts on a new path the old path never goes away the new path just becomes easier so have you ever taken the kids sledding the last time we went I think was last year actually I'm sure it was last year um but this is what I always remember even from like being a little kid when we were sitting on the sled and my parents dragging me down the hill the first time because it was fresh powdery snow and they'd take the sled over it and it was hard to even get it down the hill because there was no path yet and then it was hard to walk it back up the hill. And then the second time down the hill, a little bit easier because we'd already a little bit carved that path and then back up. And by the seventh and eighth time, you're flying down the hill because now there's this nice, well-worn path and and now it becomes fun, right? Now it's still a little effort to get back up that hill, but there's reward around it and it and it just becomes more and more fun. And that's really important to keep in mind too, is that to carve out the new paths, it is a little bit of a bummer. It's not gonna necessarily be fun at first. It might be hard at first, but I need that promise sitting behind it that I can't tell you when, I can't give you a number of days, but I can tell you that there's a promise of it will get easier. I promise. Um, I actually love this story. It was from a client, and I used to make her tell it all the time because it just it was it defines this promise so nicely. And it was a friend, a client who, when she first set out to go walking, she was kind of on a weight management program. And when she was doing that, she's like, "I know I need movement along with the food piece because if the movement doesn't exist, I'm never going to benefit from my full results." And so. She's like, I'm going to commit to myself to getting out there and making these walks happen. And the first couple times that she went out, she said, I hated it. There was not one thing I liked about it. I was sweating. I was uncomfortable. I was even like disliking the fact that it was daytime and are my neighbors looking and whatnot. And so next couple times that she decides to go out, she decides, you know what? I'm going to walk at night. No one can see me. It's a little bit more my time. And it took away a barrier for her, which was awesome. So again, the commitment of going out. And the cool part of this story is there is a a moment in this journey. And it was weeks in. It was not days in. Which it's hard to keep coming back to something if you're saying, I hate it every time I do it. But she was weeks in after groaning and hating hating each walk that all of a sudden, one night, she smelled fresh cut grass and, and the smell of people doing laundry in the evening and that, that glorious smell through the air. And, and there was a shift from hate to like, to interest or to even like of 
And it not only stopped there, but it continued on to not only enjoying her time a little bit, but giving herself challenges of maybe I'll start running from this mailbox to that mailbox, and then getting to the point where it just started getting easier. So it became more and more enjoyable, and enjoyable to the point that she at some point became a running coach within one of the running clubs and got to encourage others, and it just became part of her life. Her path got easier. It became more well-worn. It became a habit. Is that to say that the other path never exists and that sometimes she doesn't take the path to go run or walk or whatnot? No, like the old path never goes away, but it just diminishes and the other path gets better and easier and more fun. So it's kind of like, how do you stick with it long enough to, to start to benefit? And again, it really boils down to practice. You got to come back to it every day, knowing that maybe at the beginning, there's not this promise that you're going to love it the next day, but you will one day. And then just faith in that process, faith in the practice that change is coming and enjoyment is coming. Okay. Number three, reset ritual or a reset plan. This is for when things don't go to plan right? So our first part of habit change was um, was making the hard habits hard and the easy habits or the healthy habits easier. And then we need to practice those habits so they start to feel a little more innate so that we're carving out a new path. And now we just need to realize that through every process like this, there's going to be fall off. There's going to be disappointment you can call it failure but it's not really failure we're reframing that so when all of this happens what needs to happen now is a reset ritual or a reset plan i realize that we talked about this last week in episode 57 mind of a champion so i won't repeat what we talked about but i wanted to dive a little deeper on affirmations because affirmations can be part of this reset ritual um you often want to think about like there's an acronym BRAVE where you start with like breathe is the B, R is reset, A is affirmations, and V is visualize. And so once you've already taken that deep breath, you've done a reset like an action of, okay, I'm breathing, I'm pulling my shoulders back, and then there's this affirmation part. And I was starting to... yeah, trying to create my own here um, and I'm still tweaking it a bit but so far I'm going with I am strong wise I give grace to myself as well as others would be an affirmation statement that I could tell myself after I've breathed af- after I've reset for a minute and I feel like in that one sentence this reminds me that I I can persevere because I'm strong I should trust my judgment and thoughts because I am wise and I may always treat myself with the same kindness and hope to be constantly treating and pouring onto others. So my aunt did some research on affirmation statements, which I thought was super interesting. And so I wanted to give you some true science behind how to develop your own affirmation statement in case this interests you at all. So because positive affirmation statements are written in a language of the brain, they follow a specific formula. If you come across a quote on the internet or in a book that claims to be a positive affirmation, but it doesn't follow this formula, your brain won't register the thought accurately. It turns out our brains are pretty strict and straightforward on their languages and rules. So number one, positive affirmations are always in the present tense. 
If you see a positive affirmation that says, I will, I used to, or I'm going to, move on. Your brain only responds to the present tense statements. Number two, positive affirmations only include positive words. If you see a positive affirmation that has words like don't or can't or won't, it's not a statement you'll want to keep repeating. It takes your brain a lot of extra work to get past negative statements and transform them into positive ones. And number three, positive affirmations are spoken as statements of fact and truth. So statements that contain words like might or could aren't nearly as powerful as statements that contain words like am and do. You can check out this blog. I'm going to throw it in the show notes. It's mindvalley.com, positive affirmations. So again, that'll be in the show notes. I just thought that was really interesting that there's a formula to it. And then one more thought on this, and then we'll move on, I promise. But science supports the power of positive affirmations. Neuroscience now proves that our thoughts can change the structure and function of our brains. Dr. Hellerstein, a professor of clinical psychiatry at Columbia University, we have realized that neuroplasticity, the ongoing remodeling of the brain structure and function, occurs throughout life. It can be affected by life experiences, genes, biological agents, and by behavior, as well as by thought patterns. By practicing positive thought patterns or affirmations repetitively, we actually create neuroplasticity in the area of the brain that processes what we are thinking about. The key is repetition. So you flood your brain with positive thoughts. Oh my goodness, I'm going to repeat that. The key, my friends, is repetition. Didn't we just talk about practice, practice, practice? The key is repetition. You flood your brain with positive thoughts. And how many of us are doing that on a day-to-day basis? This is another one where, again, we can hear it, we can practice it for a few days, and then it goes away. So how can you keep that top of mind that you need to keep flooding your brain? Not trickle, (laughs) flood, flood your brain with positive thoughts. Okay, moving on for our five little success tips here. Number four, keep a success log. I'm not going to stay here for very long because, again, we I feel like we talk about this all the time, like acknowledging our wins, our successes, the importance of giving ourselves credit for our efforts, no matter how small they seem. I had asked Trisha Kroll, she was my interview last week in the interview, like, how do we keep reframing thinking when we're not there to do it with our clients all the time? For instance, she had given the example of she had a volleyball um, athlete who had a fantastic game and came off the court like feeling like a failure because she had missed the ball on the last point. And it lost the game. And she came off and was like, that was a terrible game, you know. And Trisha, in that moment, had, because she was coach and she was there, had this glorious opportunity to reframe her thinking where she could point out all the other amazing positive things that happened in that game. And so catching it in the moment where the girl at that point goes, oh, I did do well. I see. Like, thank you. And I was saying that's kind of terrifying. It's awesome and it's terrifying because like how do we keep reframing our thinking if our coach or if our support system's not there to keep helping us do it all the time or even with our kids, you know, we're not going to be with them forever to keep reframing thinking. And her response with that was success log, that we kind of train our children, train ourselves, train those around us to keep success logs so that 
we can take ownership and reframing that thinking and that we're able to pull ourselves out of it by visually seeing what we'd written down and be able to look back at a day, look back at a week and go, oh, I did better than I thought I did because I have something visual to look back on. So that success log is a really big deal. Number five, have a visual reminder of why you care. Honestly, my house speaks to me. I have word signs, I have pictures, I have journals. You do not have to be like me. I'm just giving you examples for a minute because it, it just gives you a visual, you know, but yours would look totally different because we're all individuals. But if I was ever having a down day and couldn't remember why it was so important to me to continually be working on my health, all I would have to do is walk into my bedroom and see pictures of my beautiful girls. I have them blown up and right there they make me smile every morning and that they have all these glorious years. I pray that they do. Of, of energy and life still left and I don't want to be on the sidelines I want to be participating with them in their life and and hopefully in grandchildren's life I have a sign in my living room a big one that says uh, do not forget a single blessing Psalms 103 2 this reminds me to appreciate that my body is healthy enough to pick up my girls to hug my husband to pour love onto others and there's so much more behind that to me, but that's just some things that just roll off my tongue here. I, I have to be healthy and filling my own, my own tank in order to be there for others. So my visuals just keep reminding me of those, I care, I care. And, and maybe a day or here, I don't care, right? I, I fall off and I say, screw it for the day. But most of the time I'm coming right back and, and picking away at those health goals to make sure that, that all of those things that I just mentioned keep coming to fruition. Sometimes when I start an accountability group, I have individuals write themselves a letter and that's to write themselves a letter about why they care about what they're trying to change or what they're trying to work on and seal that up and stick it somewhere. And then the, the day that comes where they need that inspiration from themselves, they need that reminder from themselves, they pull out that letter and read it and see their own words of why they care can be pretty impactful as well. So it's important. It's you know, we talked about success logs, that's one visual, and then your next one is put out a visual of why you care. Because if you don't really understand what you're fighting for, it's hard to keep up that momentum. So let's just review those five focus points again. Make hard habits hard, make the healthy habits easy. Number two, practice daily. Practice, practice, practice. Number three, utilize a reset ritual. Number four, keep a success log daily. Number five, keep a visual reminder of why you care. And I actually found kind of a fun article. It was from Clinical Psychology Today. I love their magazine. I think I should have been a psychologist in a past life because sometimes that these topics interest me more than, than food or fitness. Um, but this article was called 10 More Steps to Change Unhealthy Habits by Dr. Terry Getz. And I thought we would just finish off our podcast today with these 10 steps and then I'll send you out on what hopefully is a lovely Friday afternoon to go enjoy your weekend. All right, here's your last 10 steps to change unhealthy habits. Number one, identify the habits you want to change. This means bringing what is usually unconscious or at least ignored to your awareness. It does not mean beating yourself up. 
Make a list of things you'd like to change and pick one. Number two, look at what you're getting out of it. In other words, how is your habit serving you? Are you looking for comfort in food, numbness in wine, an outlet or connection online, stress alleviation through eating or nail biting? This doesn't have to be long, complex. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a process. You'll figure it out and you'll have some good ideas and how to switch it up for healthier outcomes. Number three, honor your own wisdom. Here's a common scenario. You feel like you have no downtime, so you stay up too late and binge watch your favorite show on Netflix. You know you'll be exhausted and less productive the next day, but you feel entitled to something that's fun and that's just for you. Your wisdom, however, knows this is not a healthy way to get it. Use that wisdom to build something into your schedule that will provide what you really want. Realize that you do have the answers and are capable of doing something different. Number four, choose something to replace the unhealthy habit. Just willing yourself to change isn't enough because it does not address the underlying benefit of the behavior you want to replace. What you can do instead of standing in front of the refrigerator because you're stressed, if you have a plan, you will be armed with tools and a replacement behavior. Next time you catch yourself not hungry but standing in front of the refrigerator, try a replacement behavior. And here's some ideas. Breathe in and out and count to four. And then count to eight. Focus only on the breathing. Do that four times and see how you feel. If you need more support, stand there until you come up with another reason why you shouldn't continue with the habit. This is a key step. When you do something different to replace an unhealthy habit, acknowledge to yourself that you're doing it differently. You need to bring whatever it is that is subconscious to the conscious mind so that you can emphasize your ability to change. It can be as simple as saying to yourself, look at that, I made a better choice. Number five, remove triggers. If Doritos are a trigger, throw them out on a day that you feel strong enough to do so. If you crave a cigarette when you drink socially, avoid social triggers. Restaurants, bars, nights out with friends, this does not have to be forever, just for a while until you feel secure in your new habit. Sometimes certain people are our triggers. Remember that you end up being like the five people you hang out with the most. Look at who those people are. Do they inspire you or do they drag you down? Number six, visualize yourself changing. Serious visualization retrains your brain. In this case, you want to think differently about your ability to change. So spend some time every day envisioning yourself with new habits. Picture yourself exercising and enjoying it, eating healthy foods, fitting into those jeans. See yourself engaged in happy conversation with someone instead of standing in the back of the room. This kind of visualization really works. The now familiar idea that nerves that fire together wire together is based on the idea that the more that you think about something and do it, the more it becomes wired in your brain. Your default choice can actually be a healthier one for you. I really like that. Where'd it go? Nerves that fire together, wire together. <laughs> okay, number seven, monitor your negative self-talk. The refrain in your brain can seriously affect your default behaviors. So when you catch yourself saying, I'm fat, or no one likes me, reframe it or redirect it. Reframing is like rewriting the script. Replace it with, I'm getting healthy, or my confidence is growing. Redirecting is when you add to your negative self-talk. I'm fat, but I'm working my way into a healthier lifestyle. Judging yourself only keeps you stuck. 
Retrain the judgmental brain. Number eight, take baby steps if necessary. Even if you can't fully follow through with a new habit right away, do something small to keep yourself on track. For example, if you've blocked out an hour to exercise and you suddenly have to go to the doctor's appointment, find another time to squeeze in at least 15 minutes. That way you'll reinforce your new habit even if you can't commit 100%. Number nine, accept that you will sometimes falter. We all do. Habits don't change overnight. Love yourself each time you do and remind yourself that you are human. Number 10, know that it will take time. Habits usually take several weeks to change. You have to reinforce that bundle of nerves in your brain to change your default settings. Here's that word again, time, or I'm going to throw patience your direction. If you like that article and you want to keep coming back to it, just head over to psychologytoday.com. I will actually put that link in our show notes as well. So those are your thoughts on habit change for today. I hope that you at minimum grabbed one thing that you can really take and run with today and start to implement. And anytime that you find if a podcast is just filled with maybe too much information to you for you to absorb all at once. That's where the show notes are pretty glorious. It's just written out nicely in like a summary. So you can come back to that and see if there's a section that you want to revisit. But I love when I hear something that I like, I come back with a notepad next time. I normally am listening when I'm out on a walk or a run, and then I come back to it where I can sit and just jot down notes and enjoy a little bit. So just different ways for you to think about listening to your podcast or trying to gain extra momentum. I really believe in that note-taking component, and sometimes I feel like people never get to that and implement it. I strongly encourage you to try. It really is a game changer. And that will wrap us up for this awesome Friday. I can't wait to see you on Monday morning live, uh, Facebook live, and, and then Fridays, always for podcasts. So huge hugs, cheers to health and happiness. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you or you could picture that exact person who needed this, I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2020 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate when you leave reviews on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open to new information, keeping an open mind to the fact that our journey will look different now, a year from now, five years from now slow and steady y'all it's not always instant gratification and it's not always that exciting but a much gentler redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all of the years of every season of life i cannot wait to catch up next friday cheers to health and happiness